Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Wow, that good, huh? Good morning. Hey, welcome. Thanks for being here. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward so we can do an offering together. Uh, if you all would, would pray with me for that, that would be great. God, thank you for um, just the, the things that you have done and the things that you are going to do. We're praying right now that you are going to help us to increase our level of expectation. That we would just be able to grow that, that we wouldn't be uh, people who just keep getting stuck lower and lower and lower and accepting the way things are. We want you to grow our level of expectation. Just bring it up. Now we're praying that you would bless us, that you would give us um, the desires of our heart. And we want to serve you. We want to see people come to your, uh, to your rescue. Come to, for your rescue and for your forgiveness, for your, your grace and your, your new life that you offer. We just want to make your name famous. So... God, we just pray that you would bless us and give us favor and uh, shatter our expectations. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, they're going to pass those things along. Uh, hopefully you have a, a program. Uh, you can give with one of the baskets they're passing around, uh, but you can also give online. Uh, you can do it through our website or through our app. Uh, there's information on how to get onto the app on on the program there. Um, it's actually really easy. So it would be a way to start partnering financially and then uh, see what happens. Man, you guys are you're it's it's one of those like theater settings today where you guys are kind of dark out there. Hey, today I want to keep talking about that, about that expectation thing. Um, because here's what I want. I want more in 24. I want more in 24. I do. And um, expectations, sometimes they, they can be completely ruined by reality. We have certain expectations of things, and, and then they just don't work out that way, and then maybe, um, maybe our way of thinking changes. Um, I, can I share just a funny story with you guys, and I'm going to try to shoehorn it into this message and making it fit and work for it. But I was reminded of a story this morning that uh, it just, um, yeah, it, expectations. Um, my family went on vacation. Uh, eight or nine years ago, we went with uh, everyone. So my in-laws rented a big house, and we all stay together. And it's chaos, and it's wonderful. Um, if you've ever stayed in a big house with people, you you have to you have to learn to like all those people. Um, and I'm I'm one of the ones that they have to learn to like. Uh, 
we were renting this house and uh, it, for whatever reason it caught my ear that my mother-in-law was on the phone with uh, the person who owned the place that we were renting it from and she was on the phone with them and just confirming again and again it's it sounded like like she couldn't get off the phone with this lady that um, she seemed to be very worried about everything and she mentioned multiple times that um, it, it, you don't you don't have a dog in there right said, no, we don't have a dog. And she must have just asked repeatedly, you're sure you don't have a dog? And when I heard my mother-in-law again say over the phone, we don't have a dog, I just, the, like I gave in to the intrusive thoughts. I went, It started a chain of events that was just magical. Uh, <laughs> she is yelling, we don't have a, we do not have a dog. We don't have, and I didn't pick like a, like a, like a deep voice dog. I, I went as yappy as, And just kept going, and it got to the point, she's on the phone, I swear we do not have a dog, it's my son-in-law, he is barking, he's bar it's, we don't have a dog, I promise you we don't have a dog, and she's getting madder and madder at me, and she's storming out going, oh, it's not funny, we don't have a dog, it's my son, <laughs> and so she eventually gets off the phone with her, we kind of thought it was a, a Mother-in-law Tracy is mad at me. But then the owner shows up <laughs> because she knew that we had a dog in there. And uh, her expectation was everything, all signs pointed to, all proof, everything led her to believe. The expectation was they have a dog in here, but the reality was it's just your idiot son-in-law. expectation versus reality. The picture I always have in my mind when I think about this topic is the McRib sandwich. Um, I don't even have a picture up here because you can picture, you can imagine this whole thing. You understand what an advertisement for a McRib looks like and it is glorious. And there's never been a bigger like it looks like a crime scene when you open this box. <laughs> and you're just left there, like, they don't give you a fork or anything, but there's no way to eat this thing. Reality can be a bit different than the expectation that you had. But it could be uh, in a really good way or also in different bad ways. I, I had a story from a few years ago that that I've just always loved from one of our... One of our fine people-goers here, uh, she shared a story that had happened at around Thanksgiving time and uh, just emailed it to me, and I just, I just love sharing this with people. She says, hi, my daughter and I went and we fed a family tonight. It was for a family that was given to us by the church. It was so amazing to be able to show my daughter what Thanksgiving is all about and how important it is to do what God tells you to do. On Saturday, we made up our grocery list, and I've never had a better time at the grocery store in my life. 
I spent $80, of which I really didn't have, but I just knew in my heart that we were feeding a family of five. And how could I celebrate Thanksgiving knowing that I could make somebody else's Thanksgiving? Well, I went in on, to work on Monday, and my boss pulls me into his office, and he gives me a $50 gift card to Kroger's and says, Happy Thanksgiving. At that moment, I thought about your sermon last Sunday that we're only borrowing God's money and that he will take care of us and lead us on the path of life that we need to be on. I just wanted to share my joy and blessings with you that, we, that were given to me and my child. God is so very good. And I, I, I just love those stories where um, even when you get to the place of, of expecting something, like she's expecting that God is going to take care of them anyways, that, um, that they'll be able to survive on less than they had. And then the reality ends up being that he gives us more than we asked for. It says in Ephesians 3, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Another translation of this, this verse is that God can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. That he can do infinitely more. Will you just say this little breath prayer out loud with me right now? If you're not a, a praying out loud person, I don't care. Just do it anyways. You can close your eyes and just say this with me. You can do infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. God, you can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. One of the things that prevents this playing out in our life is how many blessing blockers we kind of put into place uh, on ourselves and keep ourselves from experiencing certain things that God has for us. Where, you know, maybe you do this in your life. You say, well, I mean, it's good, it's good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough, I guess. Um, and there's a famous book, Good to Great, and essentially you can boil that book down to this, that good is the enemy of great. That when you decide that something is just good enough, then you don't try to go for the thing that's great anymore. You just decide to be satisfied with it. That, that well, I mean, this has been what, I, what I've got. So how many of you heard, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit? And so for a lot of us, there ends up being this gap, this gap in between the things that we expect and then the things that we've experienced. And so if you have this expectation that's way high up over here, but then you have this experience that's down here, and you have this really big gap in between them, what most of us end up trying to do is we try to go somewhere in the middle of that gap. Okay, okay, so next time I'm not going to go expecting quite as much. I'm going to expect a little bit less so that I'm not, so that I'm not so disappointed, right? Like, I don't want to hope for this thing anymore because I don't want to be let down. 
Maybe it's in marriage that I didn't think that marriage was, that it was going to be like this. That ball and chain thing was right. I remember uh, telling guys that I worked with that I was engaged to be married. When I, and yes, I was only, I was 19 when I was engaged. I was 20 when we got married. We've been married for 21 years. It worked. It worked. They said it wouldn't work. They all did. They all said, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You're getting married. And they just had the worst things to say about being married. And it's one of those things where I could start to let that eat away at what my expectation was. But I wasn't having it. For one thing, I'm like, man, I'm sorry about the wife that you ended up with. But like, we're playing a different game. Maybe you are in a job that you thought was going to be different, and now you're like, uh, I don't, I'm just stuck. No, I don't like it, but I, it's just what I do now. Or maybe you never thought that your kids were going to act a certain way, that you're at a store and they're going wild, and you're just like, oh my, I'm that person. I have those kids. Maybe you can't find a godly man or woman and you're tired of waiting for somebody who believes the same way that you do and so you just settle for a man, a woman. Well, no, she, I mean, I'm hoping I can change them. It's a problem because a lot of us, we end up responding to our disappointments that we have or our frustrations by lowering our expectation down to the level of experience that we've had. Because this is, this is it's, it's scary and dangerous, and I think so many of us fall into it because um, the experience of your life ends up being being kind of determined by the height of those expectations. Like, so it's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy kind of idea that, you know, if I'm starting to set my expectations at this kind of level, the chances are I'm, I'm going to experience that thing. And so instead of bringing our expectation down to the level of our experiences that we've had, if you had something that was just disappointing... Like, I was really hoping that it was going to be like this. I really thought that after I graduated, I'd be able to get this job. I'd be able to do this thing. I really thought that I would find my purpose in life or love or whatever. And you were just disappointed. Instead of bringing your future expectations down to that level, inviting God in to fill the gap between what we expect and what we experience. They say the cream rises to the top. That's the way that, that blessings do in the kingdom. They're up at the top. The thing that God uh, has, has taught me, and I've forgotten, and he's retaught me, and I've forgotten, and, he's re and I keep having to go back to is to remember to not let what I expected keep me from what God wants me to experience. To not let what I expected to keep me from what God wants me to experience. And that's in big stuff and little stuff. That, you know, when, uh, 
when I started remodeling our house, um, we did a complete renovation of our house. We did some crazy things in there. Um, ended up vaulting a ceiling. We had low ceilings. We took a one one room that was uh, uh, an old two-car garage and then another separate room added onto that, made it all into one space with 15 and a half foot ceilings. It's wild. We took the kitchen from one side of the house and put it on the other side of the house. Um, we did some crazy work and um, the thing was before a lot of that stuff got started, I never considered myself handy at all that I wasn't a handy person. Um, I'd have to call friends for whatever it was, if it was help with the car, the car being broken, plumbing or drywall, just I don't know how to do any of this stuff. But I was a, a learner, and so I just started going on YouTube. I just started looking up every single thing on YouTube. There's not one, like there's nothing you can't figure out for your house on there. And so I started to learn more and read more and watch other people do it. Um, what would happen in the past is when I would go to work on a project that we'd, we'd go to, to do some kind of, you know, we were, I was 20 years old when we bought our, our house. We bought it out of a sheriff's auction. It was condemned. And then we went and lived there. And I was like, oh, they're for real when they say that. Like, you should not be living in this house. <laughs> this is horrible. But we would try to fix something, and I would go into it expecting to screw it up, expecting to screw it up, that I'm going to do a bad job at this, I'm just not good at this kind of stuff, and you start saying those things again and again, right, that I'm just not good at this kind of stuff, I'm not very handy, I'm not very handy. If you're saying you're not very handy, you're probably not going to be very handy. <laughs> and then you have the fear of failure. And so we'd end up covering things up because things would, would, would be failed attempts. Uh, I remember buying, like, we, you know, at the time, it was a ton of money. We, we spent $75 on a rug to hide the, um, the, the $10 worth of missing tiles. Like, any of you ever buy the rug to hide the other thing? And so I had to have this shift in perspective, though, and I had to start getting into agreement with God. And his word says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, including drywall. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, not just spiritual stuff. Sometimes we grab onto those, those verses, and we're like, yes, and we try to attach some spiritual thing to it, but this isn't in, in all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, not just spiritual things, and I had to raise my expectation, and mine ended up becoming, I can, and I will fix this. I might mess it up a couple times, but I will fix this. I can, and I will, because I started having a new experience. The new experience was, hey, eventually you fixed it. Eventually you fixed it. Eventually you fixed it. And with God by my side and Google by my other side, <laughs> man, it, it's, all, it's all possible. 
And I remember changing out uh, the coolant system in one of our vehicles, and we saved like $800 doing it. And I remember then learning how to change the brakes on, on our car and save $600 and just one after another, these different blessings showing up. All of a sudden, though, my experiences started raising to the level of my expectations. And I started going, well, whatever, I mean, I can fix anything. I just started thinking, I can fix anything. Over the years, um, I, I, I fumbled some of them. But I started thinking, I can fix anything. And my experience started matching up with that more and more. Generous people, uh, they expect to be generous. They're not, like, surprised by it, like, Today was the craziest day. I just turned into a generous person all of a sudden. Like, if you're stingy with what you have, <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is, too, with stingy people, they're, like, on the lookout for it. Like, I don't want any accidental generosity happening, coming from me. Generous people expect to be generous. The three wise men, when we read the story about them traveling across the land to come and see Jesus after his birth, they're not like digging around in their pockets at the last second, like, hey, you got anything on you? Uh, I got a quarter and a piece of bubblicious. <laughs> like, they weren't, they weren't just by chance being generous. They came bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh, super valuable items. It required an expectation on the other end. The expectation was this is the son of God that was just born. We have some different friends who, um, you know, one, one of my couple friends, uh, years ago I found out that they had an envelope that just said God money on it. And they would use the envelope system for, for budgeting and paying bills and everything, but they just, they had one that was budgeted for that just said God money. And they would put money into it every week. Um, I think that they said they put 10 or $20 in it every week and they just waited for an opportunity to present itself where somebody needed that God money. And it would come up again and again and it would be like life-saving for somebody. It would, be, it would be monumental in their life. And they were just expecting opportunities to give because they figured out that having more stuff didn't make them happy. The great theologian George Carlin, he wrote this. He said, trying to be happy by accumulating possessions is like trying to satisfy hunger by taping sandwiches all over your body. In Colossians 1, it says, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. God wants to bless us in the big stuff too. Like he wants to take care of the little stuff. He takes care of the little stuff. Like the word says, who feeds the sparrows? You know how many birds there are? Like, and they're all okay. He takes care of the small stuff, but he wants to do big things for us, too. For us, for, I guess, us as Vineyard Westside, as a church, we've been 
challenged lately to really just change our expectations as a church, to raise our expectations, our dreams and visions for the future, because we'll get stuck in that same, that same spot that a lot of us find ourselves in, where, uh, well, this has happened, then there was COVID, and we lost this many people because of that, and then, you know, then this happened. Maybe you had it at work that some people got laid off, and you had to pick up and start doing more stuff for the same amount of money, and then it just became an expectation that that's like part of, wait a second, are we ever going back to, <laughs> like now it's just an expectation, isn't it? And you can get stuck in that spot. And then just being, you know, more okay with it being not good. And they end up getting lowered to a sad, like, kind of natural state that's boring and it's easily achievable. And you start to come up with goals that you're definitely going to meet because they're, they're not hard. There's been a stirring in our spirit, and from a lot of people that I talk to, I think that the spirit is stirring you as well, that you just want more. You want more than what life is giving to you right now. You want more uh, out of your relationship with Jesus. You want more um, experiences with the Holy Spirit. You want just more. That's called a holy discontent that you have. It's that, uh uh-uh, I feel uneasy because I want more. And it's good for us to tap into that and to to press into it and to to explore that rather than to just shut it down and go, oh, I don't don't want to feel that uneasy feeling anymore because I, I don't want to be disappointed. And so we're just asking God that you would raise our, our ceiling of expectations. And that our, our ceiling is too low. Our ceiling's too low. We need you to raise it up. I want you to help us to dream. Help us to picture and envision what it might look like if, if all things were possible. And we just invite you to come and show off. God, we want to give away millions of dollars. Look, it knocked somebody over. <laughs> but we do, and God has been good, and we've been able to give away, we've been able to give away an unbelievable amount of, of money, food, time, resource, all sorts of different things. We want to give away more. I want to see this place become like something that has to do with the, the uh, recovery revolution, that this would be a drugless zone. You know, the schools that are around here in this area, 95% of the, the families going to the schools um, right, right near us are on reduced income or poverty status for their lunch program um, and the, the kids need tutors um, and a lot of them are being raised by single parents my I was raised by a single dad and I'm going to tell you right now man that dude needed help 
there's just all kinds of opportunities that you know, I just I want to see I want to see God move through us in a big a big and powerful way. In Matthew chapter 19, it says, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so God can raise that level of expectation and that gap can close up uh, if we refuse to lower it based on our past experiences. And what that requires is just not being afraid of not having fear anymore. Um, I hate admitting that I'm afraid, but I'm afraid all the time of random things. And a lot of times I can't even explain them or put my finger on what, what am I afraid of. But um, God, I, I don't want to be afraid. And I want us to be a church that's not afraid. And so we strive to get ourselves into agreement with what God has said. That God has given us freedom. He's given us the freedom to dream. The freedom to have insane expectations because he tells us that anything's possible with him. You know, one, something that happened to, to me that always sticks in my head is a few years back we had a, um, a home campaign that we ran here at the church. We were trying to renovate uh, the back building and to turn that into a community center. That's another part of the dream that is still partially fulfilled. Cool, cool things are happening back there, but we want more. Uh, but we felt like it was going to be impossible to raise money to be able to renovate this building and to turn it into something usable. And God did it. He just did it. He did it, and it just seemed like it was not possible. One of the things that is so crazy to me is that my wife Allison and I, we committed ourselves uh, to giving $7,000 to the home campaign at the time, that we committed to $7,000 that we would go over and above our regular giving, and it just was like, this is not going to be, I don't know if this is possible. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that. Uh, but we committed to it because we believed in it and because we had our levels of expectations raised up. And after that, you know, that time of raising money, you know what we raised? We were able to give an additional $5,500. So we did $5,500. We said $7,000 and we didn't hit it. But I think that we got to 5,500 because our expectations were higher. Like, I don't know what we would have gotten to if I'd have said 5,000. But I know that we got to that, and it was, it was just something that pops into my head again and again that we gave way over and above what it seems like. Like, I still don't really know how we did it. I remember selling some things on eBay. And so I, I just want to be a part of more of those things and invite more of you into that because something, something big could be right around the corner for us right now. And I am feeling like we're getting, um, it, at least for me, just afraid to do certain things and then you're, and then you're, you're lowering your expectations and it's just, 
that's not what I want. I'm here for the cool stuff. So again, in Ephesians 3, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, you can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. I'm praying for people in this room right now that you would be closing that gap between their expectations and their experiences. That it would be a thing where you are meeting them at their expectations more and more and that they're raising those things up. Raising those expectations because, because of your word. Ephesians 2 says that you are alive with Christ. Romans 8 says you are free from the law of sin and death. 1 John chapter 5 says you are born of God and the evil one cannot touch you. Ephesians 1 says you are holy and without blame before him. 1 Corinthians 2 says you have the mind of Christ. Philippians 4, you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. 1 John 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Ephesians 1 says, you have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of your understanding have been enlightened. Mark 16 says, you have received the power to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. To cast out demons, to speak in new tongues, to have power over all the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Philippians 4.13 says you lack nothing because God supplies all that you need. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2 says you've been called out of darkness and into the light. 1 Peter 1, you are God's child, you are born again. Ephesians 2 says you are God's workmanship that's been created for good works. So we're, we start reading through these and we start getting to that place of saying, is, is this really true? Make a decision, yes. This is what the word of God says about you and who you are and, and what you're capable of because of the work that's been done for you on the cross, because of who you were created by. Romans 8 says you are a joint heir with Christ. It also says you are more than a conqueror. 2 Corinthians says you are the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians 6 says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5 says you are the light of the world. Psalm 66 says you have been transferred from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. You are called by God to be the voice of his praise. Ephesians 2 says, You are raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. Romans 1.17, You are loved by God. You are loved by God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we grab hold of those truths, and I just pray that you would allow them to to see deeply in our hearts. God, that they would take up residency, that we would be able to know that we know that we know them. 
God, that we're loved by you. God, that we have access to the, the peace that passes all understanding. You say that we're your child, that, that we're more than conquerors, that we're joint heirs with Christ. God, thank you. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to line ourselves up with the truth and raise our level of expectation. That if this is true, then what are the possibilities? So God, we just pray that you would enable us to pray big prayers that are, that are scary, but that we would be expectant for your blessing, for your favor, for your goodness, for your glory. Praise you, Jesus. We love you for who you are and everything that you're going to do. Yes. Thanks in advance. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Hey, if any of you would like to be prayed for for anything at all, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross. They would love to pray for you. I hope you guys have a For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.